What's up, everybody? This is Pastor James. Welcome back to the Midweek Bible Study. Today we are starting chapter 14 in 1 Corinthians. And uh, we will try to get through the greatest portion of today because it's a pretty long chapter. So let's start out with reading verses 1 through 12 as we continue to talk about the gifts of the Spirit and the things that Paul is teaching Christians should have a desire for. So read this with me. It said, Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will always be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church can be strengthened. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching that will be helpful, even lifeless instruments like the flute or harp must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. And if the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. There are many different languages in the world, and every language has meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it. And the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. Okay, so let's talk for a little bit before we move on in the, in the passage or that we're looking at today. It says, um, you, you just need to understand that the theme of chapter 13 uh, that we read last week is that love is the greatest, okay? Um, I really hope you tuned into that because this is just a carryover from chapter 13. And the church in Corinth, <coughs> excuse me, was all about spiritual gifts and elevating themselves above one another. Now, chapter 13 was communicating the need to pursue love and not pursue gifts because that's what they had kind of fallen into is pursuing gifts and not pursuing love and not pursuing Christ. So, Paul continues uh, this um, charge in chapter 14 as he plainly tells them to pursue love. It's okay to desire spiritual gifts, but the main focus should always be love. And as you desire spiritual gifts, Paul encourages them to desire the gifts that help people the most. And he identifies prophecy as the gift that's most beneficial to the church as a whole. Now, Paul promotes that speaking in tongues is a language that is between the person speaking and God. And they are guided in their speaking by the Holy Spirit, but unless someone can interpret the conversation, um, it will only be between the person speaking and God. And that's why he refers to it as being mysterious. So in verse 3, Paul says that prophecy strengthens, encourages, and comforts. And speaking in tongues only strengthens a person personally, but prophecy strengthens, encourages, and comforts the entire church when prophecy happens. And that goes back to the idea of chapter 13 when we were talking about agape love last week, that 
Our desire should be to love others sacrificially, without strings attached, without expecting anything in return. So speaking in tongues brings attention to ourselves, and we're strengthened by it, but it doesn't do anything for anyone else. But prophecy doesn't really do as much for us as it does for other people, and that kind of points back to that agape love we were talking about. So Paul is just kind of reminding them in chapter 14 that it's just not about us personally, okay? It's about the church body as a whole. We should be focused on our brothers and sisters and their well-being and their spirituality as well. <clears throat> and it's obvious that the church in Corinth placed a huge emphasis on speaking in tongues as it seems to be the gift that Paul focuses on that they not necessarily need to deviate away from, but stop focusing on. I mean, it's pretty easy to see that this is the gift that they were really hyper-focused on. And Paul said that he wished that they could all speak in tongues. It would be great for everyone personally if everyone spoke in tongues and everyone would personally be strengthened by speaking in tongues, but God does not allow that to happen. He does not give the same gift to everyone, and so really we shouldn't be desiring the same gift because he doesn't want everyone to have the same gift. Really, as we desire spiritual gifts, Paul talks about that we should be desiring things that will strengthen um, the church as a whole. Prophecy, more than tongues, uh, prophecy strengthens, encourages, and comforts everyone as a whole. And, and this is, it, I'll be honest with you, this chapter is a little repetitive as Paul continues to talk about this. Um, he, he's saying the same thing over again, but he is really trying to hammer this thing out and, and make sure they understand that Speaking in tongues is not the goal. Christ is the goal. Loving one another is the goal. Desiring spiritual gifts is okay, but if you desire spiritual gifts, desire the ones that help other people the most. So in verse 6, Paul gives the analogy of what would happen if he came to them speaking in tongues. Um, he says basically they wouldn't understand him. It would be of no use. But but revelation, special knowledge, prophecy, and teaching are all helpful to the church as a whole. And so that's what he comes to do as he visits his churches. And Paul isn't saying that these are more important, just that they're more beneficial. And he is only pushing back against speaking in tongues because the church is so hyper-focused on it. So I just want to remind you of that, that Paul's not diminishing anything. He's really just pushing back against this hyper-focus uh, um, that the church has on speaking in tongues. So Paul even uses instruments to give an analogy. You know, basically um, the instrument has to be tuned. It has to be played the correct way. You know, the proper notes have to be formed in order to make the right sounds for people to recognize and understand what's going on. If not, it's just kind of doesn't make any sense. So he even talks about the bugle being played, um, making the sound for troops going to battle. If it's not played the correct way, then the troops won't know what they're supposed to be doing. So verse 9 continues on in this cry for people to stop elevating the gift of tongues. And someone might as well be talking into empty space if there's no interpreter available to help others know what's being said. So Paul moves on talking about how people who don't understand languages being spoken are foreigners. And that's really important to understand. So the one speaking and the one who doesn't understand are both foreign to each other, you know, and we have to remember that. So 
Um, I'll give an example. Uh, we just had uh, our Easter egg hunt event this week. Uh, we had a couple there, um, just a different ethnicity, and, and I wasn't sure that they were going to be able to speak English well as I approached them. And so immediately there was already a hesitation in my heart to go talk to them because I didn't know if they were going to be able to speak English. And I'm not bilingual by any means. I can barely speak English well. So um, going and talking to someone who, who doesn't speak English is very intimidating to me. Um, but but I, th- I think it's really important to remember that language is one of the greatest barriers that we have as people. And so even though we're in America where the majority of people speak English, um, and those people came to our church for an event, we were foreign to one another. Even I felt hesitant and, and kind of uh, was not quick to go up and talk to them as I would be other people. And, uh, I mean, right or wrong, that's just kind of how it is. And, you know, you, you can never forget what God did at the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 when the people began to build their tower and their city trying to make themselves great in all the earth. God confused their languages. And so as God wanted to separate people, he instilled different languages among them to separate them out. And so there's no greater um, thing that is divisive than languages not being understood between people. And so if you're in a church and people are speaking in tongues and no one understands it, and so you have one person speaking, the other person who doesn't understand, it's really difficult to have unity in that setting. It's possible, okay? And God did that in the book of Acts as, you know, we talk about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit allowing them to speak and everyone understanding what each other saying. That is a wonderful imagery of speaking in tongues so that everyone could understand. That's a wonderful way of that happening. But as speaking in tongues was something that was beginning to happen that not everyone was understanding, that creates division. And the way that the First Corinthian church was looking at speaking in tongues, it was creating division more than it was creating unity. And so Paul continues to promote that unity um, is a priority, that our sacrificial love for one another creates unity. Um, the, The differences in language and speaking in tongues, if people don't understand, that creates division. And that's why in chapter 13, Paul was talking about unity in the body of Christ. And the gift of tongues seems to be more divisive among the church in Corinth than it is unifying. And so that is something to keep in mind as we continue. So let's read verses 13 through 25. And uh, we'll. this should be the last thing that we read for today and we'll be done. It says, So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying. Well, then what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying? You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. 
Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. It is written in the scriptures, I will speak of my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners. But even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. But if all of you are prophesying and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among you. All right. So in verse 13, Paul specifically tells the Corinthians that anyone who speaks in tongues should also pray for the ability to interpret what has been said. Now, this is really important because this goes back um, to verses uh, 11 and 12, where it was talking about how, you know, you should, um, you, you have to be able to communicate with one another or you're foreigners, you're foreign to one another. And so Paul is saying that you should pray and ask for the ability to interpret so that you remove the barrier between you and someone else being foreigners to each other. Now, verse 14 even talks about praying in tongues and that if the Spirit is praying, that it doesn't mean that the person actually understands the communication going on between them and the Lord. And that's really odd. Um, I've never thought about it that way, but, you know, I, I've heard of people and friends saying that they, you know, when they pray, they pray in tongues and things like that. And it's kind of like a, their language between them and the Lord. But Paul kind of hints to the idea that they may not even really understand what's going on as that is happening that their spirit is praying in a way um, that their body isn't necessarily understanding or aware of. So <clears throat> Paul encourages people to pray, to sing, to praise, to give thanks, etc., both in tongues and in languages, in the language that they can understand. That this should be happening for themselves in the spirit, but also for other people to be encouraged. So we should be doing this. Um, for everyone to receive a blessing from it. Now, verse 18 seems to indicate that Paul even spoke in tongues and did it quite often as he said, I'm thankful that I do it more than you, which uh, is kind of funny because the first Corinthian church was, uh, a lot of them did not like Paul. They did not want to follow Paul, but they placed this enormous emphasis on speaking in tongues. And Paul's basically saying, hey, I speak in tongues more than you do, but I'm telling you, it's not that important. Um, and this is why he says he would rather speak five words that everyone can understand than, than tens of thousands of words that no one can understand. And so uh, <clears throat> he goes on to challenge them to be mature in their understanding of spiritual things, yet innocent uh, as babies when it comes to evil. And as believers, there there has to come a point when we disconnect ourselves from the things of this world and connect ourselves to the spiritual, um, to our spiritual Father, to receive the life-giving Spirit from Him. And Paul even used the passage from Isaiah chapter twenty-eight, verses eleven through twelve, to talk about how God would speak to His people in unknown languages, yet they would still not listen, 
And so the Corinthian church seemed to be full of strange and unknown tongues and languages, yet they don't seem to be listening to the leading of the Spirit, which should be leading them to unity, which should be leading them to lifting one another up and loving one another with that agape, self-sacrificing love. So, it seems that the very opposite is happening. And as we said before, you know, it's possible to have gifts of the Spirit and not be filled with the Spirit. And that's something to really remind yourself of. So, you know, as I said earlier, you know, this chapter is kind of repetitive. Um, and so there's really not a whole lot to say and really dig into because Paul's basically saying the same thing over and over again. You know, having spiritual gifts is okay. Desiring spiritual gifts is good. But you should pursue love. Pray for the gifts that God wants you to have, but pursue love. That's the thing that you should be working towards. The gifts are just things that God gives us in order to glorify Him, and we use those gifts as He gives them to us in the ways that He calls us to. But Paul wraps up this section as he begins to identify that speaking in tongues is for unbelievers, and prophecy is for those who believe. Um, So he kind of makes that distinction, but he begins to, at the end, talk about how prophecy is the gift that will eventually benefit everyone as a whole. So even if unbelievers came, you know, they would be confused if they just heard people speaking in tongues. But if they hear someone prophesying with words that they understand, that they can be convicted of their sin, it will expose their secret thoughts and desires, and they will fall to their knees in worship of God, and they will know that God's Spirit is among them. And so, guys, you know, I just encourage you to just remember that without an interpreter, um, everyone is just left wondering. Everyone is just left in question. It is kind of mysterious. It's kind of this thing that we don't really know what to do with if there's no interpreter to tell us what to go, what's going on. And so, as believers in Christ, we should desire... Um, the things that are most helpful to our brothers and sisters around us. Now, Paul says that prophecy is that one thing that is most beneficial to everyone as it strengthens, it builds up, and encourages. Um, Speaking in tongues is good, but there are better things available to believers. And as followers of Christ, we should be pursuing the things, or we should be pursuing love and desire the things that is most beneficial to our brothers and sisters. All right? So let's pray today. I'll let you go. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be together. I pray that you'd speak and work and move in our hearts and lives. Lord, help us to serve you. Help us to honor you. Lord, as we pursue you and pursue the love that um, only comes from you, that agape, self-sacrificing love, I pray that you would give us the gifts of the Spirit as you see fit. Help us not to desire anything specifically, but God, to just be utterly satisfied with what you do give us and use it to glorify and honor the name of Jesus Christ in our lives. We love you today. We thank you for everything and we ask this in Jesus name. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in for another week. Thanks for being a part of the Graham family. And as always, we hope to see you this weekend at our Easter Sunday service. But if you can't catch us, Please watch us on Facebook, YouTube, or listen to the podcast. We love you. We're praying for you. Hope you have a great week.